two, one, let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the dad up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, super excited for the guest that I have on. He's a best-selling author. He's a former filmmaker and screenwriter. He's also has built, I'm really dying to get into this, but he's built the world's largest exercise platform for lively adults over 65. Got a chance to know this guy over the last month or so. And I'm really excited that he's on. Chris Myers has joined me. Chris Meyer has joined me on Dad Up today. Uh, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate being here. Awesome. For anybody that may not know who you are, uh, you know, I don't know the complete backstory on you, so uh, I'm dying to know. Tell me a little bit of the backstory on Chris, you know, kind of you growing up, the things that you went through, and then obviously this is a dad podcast, so I want to hear about your kids as well. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Westchester County, New York, in a wonderful town called Pleasantville. Had sort of an idyllic childhood. Mom and dad been together for, what, probably 60 years now. They're still going strong. Um, played a lot of sports. My dad was never involved. He was a businessman and uh, really loved what he did. Did not uh, get into coaching, but I knew I always respected uh, men coaching me. I had a couple of great examples, uh, a guy named uh, uh, Tony Dovey and a guy, another guy named uh, Cliff Aiken, good guys. And they really took their time. And you could see, you know, even as a young man, you could see that they took their time, came from work, changed in the car and came out and gave us uh, those uh, wonderful uh, lessons of, of life and sport. And I think that was sort of my inspiration uh, going forward. Uh, became an attorney, master's in environmental law. Uh, made a low-budget film, didn't want to be a lawyer, uh, drove my car and my film to L.A. and spent 11 years there trying to be a screenwriter, got a manager and agent, worked on a couple of lots, never made it per se, um, a lot of great life lessons and met a wonderful woman and had a child and we decided to raise a family, not in L.A. Uh, we moved to Northern California where her family was from. And had a, she had a friend in the family that was a mortician of all things and always said, hey, man, this is a steady business. Lo and behold, that was the best opportunity for me. And uh, we bought a uh, on the on the cusp of bankruptcy funeral home, which almost never happens and uh, turned it around. And in doing so, I got many loans over a lifetime over that period and then uh, created a platform called Magilla Loans, which was supposed to be. Um, you know, uh, a loan platform for the people who uh, were shopping loans. And uh, my partner has since taken that on. And now I have created uh, a platform called funandmoving.com. And it's a low impact exercise and rehab platform for uh, those people who are either out in the rural areas, don't have medical insurance, or just, uh, you know, just looking to get started again in exercise. So, all those things, that's my, my, my two-minute pitch on my life story. But uh, obviously, the greatest accomplishment is, is being a dad. And, and I have three sons, 17, 14, and 12. And they are the apples of my eye. Wow. Okay. So I got I, I to gotta, I gotta unpack a lot of stuff there. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. you, go, you go from uh, 
you know, sports as a, as a young man, you're yeah. playing a lot of sports, doing those kind of things. Then you get into you're an attorney and then you go filmmaking, then you go mortician, then you go loans, I, now you're exercise. I had a crazy I mean, but wonderful life, Brian, and I'm very blessed. <laughs> so, I mean, what, uh, why yeah. did none of those things stick? I mean, I know that, yeah. uh, you know, you got into loans, you kind of have your partner kind of running that thing and now you're into exercise and stuff. But what, what was it about being an attorney or a filmmaker or mortician that, that, just kind of didn't stick for you well the attorney i worked at a new york state uh downtown new york superfund uh the the department of no excuse me the federal epa in the superfund branch in new york city and i was uh interning there in my last year of law school and it was what was this is a little bit disconcerting for me was that the well-paying jobs were on the corporate side on how to get out of the federal statutes that, you know, the Clean Water Act and the Clean Air Act. And I was like, wait, I'm on the wrong side of this. And they're not they're paying, you know, thirty thousand dollars in New York City and no one can live on that. And I was it was I was a little bit uh, disenchanted with the environmental law movement <laughs> at that time. And I ha- I was impacted, obviously, by the L.A. race riots, like many of us were. And, and that was the impetus for my film. It was a race relations drama in which I flip-flopped the actors. The uh, Caucasian actors played African-American people and the African-Americans played the Caucasians. And I was trying to, in some, basically say we're all alike. And mm. I got into a bunch of film festivals, went to Italy and um, did not get into sort of the granddaddy of them all, Sundance. And I was a little bit downtrodden. So I, I loaded my film up and moved to LA thinking that I could be a great writer, like probably many, many American, <laughs> many young people in the world. Uh, so that was, that was the, the disenchantment with uh, my lawyering, but uh, the screenwriting, I felt like I gave it 11 years and, and really seeing my, my first son Hudson's eyes, you know, when he was a baby and I said, man, I, I gotta, <laughs> I've, I've put off uh, real life long enough. It's time to, uh, to get uh, into something steady and, Lo and behold, you know, the funeral home was was really the steadiest of steadies. Not that I had any experience in it, but as it came to be, it was one of those life changing moments, as you can only imagine Mm. that um, on a daily basis, uh, you were it was reaffirming life for me was reaffirming. Hey, man, go home at five o'clock and be with this little boy, this newborn and show him the way because we don't know how long we have. Right. And Mm. so I always say my experience and I still own two funeral homes, my experience in the funeral business. um, Again, the impetus for my first book, that experience was so life-changing for me. And uh, in looking back on my life, I almost wonder if I was kind of steered to it cosmically, you know, um, uh, I cared for uh, one of my grandfather, who was my best friend. And uh, yeah, I think uh, somehow I was led there, but um, it was a wonderful and it still is a wonderful experience for me. And it it lets you step off the habit trail of life and take uh, the 30,000 foot view for if I'm speaking in banalities. <laughs> so yeah. great, great, yeah. great, great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, I mean, I could see it teaching you just kind of not taking uh, life for granted uh, and, you know, cherishing the moments and the things that go on around us, whether they're good or bad, um, really, really capturing those moments uh, because life is, you know, it goes by fast. It's it's short 
and um, appreciating the things that we go through as not only human beings, but as, you know, fathers, as parents, um, as role models. Uh, you know, I've been a longtime uh, sports coach. I've got two boys of my own that are now adults, 22 and 19, but I've been a longtime coach and I just see the you know, just cherishing the moments and the mentorship that I provide these young men, you know, my boys are out of high school now and I still coach high school basketball. So um, it's, yeah, it's something that I really love. And so that's awesome. Um, And and so tell me a little bit more about the the exercise platform you put together. Um, I love the idea. And I think it's so important that obviously we're taking care of our bodies, especially as we age, um, it becomes more, more important. But um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think again, you know, I I use the the funeral home as sort of my source. I see a lot of people coming in here and under trying to understand why we're all dying, and you know, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of there are a lot of different reasons, but for me, it, it it seemed to come down to a basic health issue and keeping the body moving and keeping the mind active, you know, and I uh, I said, well, what if we did something a little different, and what if we try to really gear something for the people that are who are you know just starting out or afraid to start out right they're afraid to get off the couch or so we really wanted to tailor everything start in a chair our first two levels are in a chair only the third level is is standing up we also have something very unique we have bed exercises for people who can't get out so people who are either stroke victims or who want to start or end their day in the bed by stretching just real basic stuff like that. It was the old school, and you probably remember it with me, the Jack Lane era, right? My grandfather right. got up, turned on the TV, and did his Jack Lane routine with Jack Lane in that great one-piece uh, jumpsuit that he had that he was rocking all the time. <laughs> but that was that was the impetus of this. And the platform is really, really, uh, it's so easy to use. We designed it with large, uh, easy to use, click, 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 and you're exercising. It's very affordable. And we want to be uh, the exercise platform for the people that are just starting out or who are so remote geographically or don't have insurance or any of those things. It's just an affordable way to get your body moving and get you out of rehab or, you know, do your workouts before your knee or hip replacement. So that was, again, I, I give the funeral home credit as the genesis for all these ideas, but um, I have a great group of people who have helped me do it. And, and the interesting thing, Brian, is a lot of these people who have come on have that calling, right? You know, I, mm. I told you just briefly about my experience with my best friend, my grandfather. You know, the people in our company all have had experience with my mom had Alzheimer's. My mom was overweight. This would have been great for her. You know, we all have those kind of common stories that are building to a corporation that is is sort of the anti-corporation, right? And I, I say that a lot. That's what I want to design. I want to design people who are in it. Look, we all need to make money. I get that. But if you have that in your core, in the core of your being, that it's coming from a good place and you can, you know, when you're exercising, you're thinking, I, I wish mom could have had this or I can help grandma with this. I think you're, uh, I think we're halfway to Sunday, if you know what I mean, by, uh, by having a corporate structure like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually going to, uh, kind of steer my own parents, uh, to check it out because I think it's important. My, my, my parents are both active. They just don't, uh, exercise a lot. Uh, and I think it's, uh, <laughs> something to check out. So thank you. You're very, um, yeah. 
Um, now let me ask you this, when it comes to, you know, you've got a lot of things going on. How do you, how are you balancing kind of getting into your dad role now? How are you kind of balancing your time with your, with your family? Yeah, I think, you know, the beauty is to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And I have no problem doing that. <laughs> and I think uh, I have uh, great people who work with me on the team and they afford me that opportunity. I think the the time with my sons is the most important time. I'm still coaching them. Uh, the two in high school, I don't coach any longer, but my youngest, I have him and his bunch of friends and um, they're quite a good little team. And uh, I, I think I just make the time, you know, you have to make the time. And again, it doesn't have to be, we as dads sometimes think, you know, oh, let's get them on a trip or let's take them here or there. You know, I, I'm all about small moments and I'm all about being in their space, enjoying a ball game on the couch together, you know, maybe bringing in some chicken wings and hanging out. Like that's the kind of stuff that we love. And, um, of course, vicious games of pool basketball. That's where we're, uh, <laughs> that's how we spend our time. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. and you're right. You have to, uh, you have to create the, I, I, I agree with you. The, the little moments are what counts. Obviously the, the family vacations and things, those create really these, these, these huge moments or memories that, that will, that will last a lifetime, right. but it's the little moments that count. And I agree with you. I mean, I just, just the other day I had an experience, my older son's 22. Now he's, you know, he's got a great job. He makes a really good living and he's able to take care of himself, but he's, uh, he's in a process now of um, he, he's getting out of the lease on his car and he's buying a new car. And he wanted me to, you know, my expertise in buying cars and stuff, he wanted me to kind of help him. Yeah. And so we, we together had to go down to a dealership and uh, instead of us, you know, meeting separately, meeting separately there, I just said, you know what, just meet me at home and we'll drive together. And it gave us about 20 to 30 minutes uh, there. Well, I'd say probably close to an hour there and back of just chatting, just getting yeah. to just chat and catch up and, and things like that. So, That's um, and you know, I think it's, it's Brian, it's, it's so important that, you know, men like you or me look at our sons and tell them that, right. I mean, cause that's mm -hmm. like a vulnerability. Uh, and I have no problem doing that. I, but I think young men need to hear that, right? I think young men need to hear their, you know, that sometimes we're on a pedestal or, you know, we're the dad or something like that. And I think they need to hear, hey, man, I just appreciated talking to you. Thank you. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like those, 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 those are the moments when are, I think they're very telling in terms of the growth of a young man. Um, that they're going to remember 20, 30 years from now, right? He he said, hey, me and dad went to look for a car, but the best time was actually driving there. And we, you know, we just we sat around and 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 ch chatted, right? That's the good stuff for me. And again, I, it sounds like you're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Great moments. And I want to, I want to kind of um, talk a little bit about your parents. I mean, you, your parents are, you said, still together, 60 years. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What kind of what kind of influence that they have on you or lessons they teach you that really uh, kind of you use today as a father? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing, <laughs> you know, it's funny looking back. I think the biggest thing is probably unconditional love and the the patience, right? Because as you are well aware, you know, the, a boy at 14 years old, 17 years old, they're not always the most communicative and the most appreciative and the most loving. And I think um, my parents, are a little bit different than me, were very young when they had me, obviously. And so that I, I've noticed is a little different. I'm a little older when my kids are younger, as opposed to they were, you know, by the time they were 25, they had three kids. Um, so that was a, a difference. But I think the greatest thing is, is that they, I knew that they were my foundation. I knew that they were always there. If I come came and needed to talk to them, I didn't always take them up upon it, but they gave me in, in my world of the, you know, 70s New York, uh, suburban New York, they gave me a long leash. And, you know, it was a very different way to grow up. It was, you know, you go outside of the house at eight o'clock in the morning, take your bike and you would maybe come back for lunch, but definitely for dinner. And you'd hear the bell in the neighborhood. And it was a neighborhood kid kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. break out the Stratomatic baseball and just play all day or something outside, you know. Um, so I appreciate the fact that they didn't overparent me in, in retrospect, but I knew, and I still do to this day, cause I do rely on them. I, I need their counsel, especially my father. Um, he's so great and so wise. My mom, of course, is just undying love, but, um, you know, it's, it's just in a, a it's nice to know that they're there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. And, and it, that unconditional love is important. I mean, you talked about, you know, having patience and just the foundation. I mean, look, parents do the best they can uh, at being a parent and they're going to make mistakes. They're going to be flawed. Amen. Uh, but, but taking the things, taking those lessons that they're teaching you and, and incorporating them and even some of the things that they may be teaching you that maybe you're not using as a parent, that, um, that that's okay too. But uh, yeah. I, I love that you talked about that. And the foundation for, for our family foundation is huge. And I talk about legacy a lot in, in my podcast and when I speak to dads and I speak to them about the legacy that they're having inside their home. I know a lot of dads worry about building this legacy outside the home and really legacy starts inside the home. So um, I love that. And when, when we're talking about, you know, legacy, what, what kind of legacy do you want to leave your kids, your boys? I just want them to know how much I love them. And I think they do. And I want to know how, for me, it's all about family and it has always been about family. I, I was taught by my grandfather and my parents that you know, we will all grow up and we will graduate from high school and college. And ultimately, your family will always be there. You will have friends that come in and out of your life. And I believe in family above all. And that's the way my I grew up. My parents certainly feel that way. My grandfather, who was an immigrant, came over with $25 in his pocket from Germany, you know, in the midst of a war uh, and worked up and down the streets of New York City delivering milk and eggs and cheese for his entire mm. life. Those are the people that I draw from. And I feel that that legacy um, that they've left me, I, I need to carry on that tradition. And mm. I don't complain too much. I never heard my grandfather complain once. And I can't even imagine what it was like uh, driving the streets of Harlem in an unair conditioned truck uh, to do his job all his life. Uh, so, you know, when I get a hangnail or something like that, 
that, you know, <laughs> I think you better shut your mouth and, uh, you know, remember grandpa. And, uh, you know, he was just a rock star. I mean, just an absolute rock star. And, and you can't even imagine what these people went through. So the legacy for me is just family. It's family above all. And that's how, uh, that's what I want to teach them. And it's not always easy because we and our children are pulled in so many different directions with video games and media and all these things. And, it's trying to take those times to say, okay, everyone put it down. It's popcorn night. We're watching, you know, something on TV or, t or going outside and just playing ball, you know, just mm -hmm. have those times. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, you're right. It gets, and you know what? It gets tougher. I mean, you got a 17 year old, so I'm sure you see it. It gets tougher to force them to put that stuff down and, and really devote time to just the family. Um, they don't necessarily totally get it, but I'm sure deep down they do. So <laughs> say it enough, right? You know, right. I, I don't know if it's going to be tonight that they'll get it, but I, I think, you know, for me, and it, this is a great lesson for all dads, right? it might not be on your time, right? You know, it's the funniest expression we all know that you want to you wanna make God laugh, tell him, tell him your plans, right? Right. He might, he might not get it, my 17-year-old tonight, that, hey, I want to get together and have a family night and watch popcorn. But 10, 20 years from now, he's going to go, you know, that guy was okay. <laughs> he, he tried to make time for our family and maybe I didn't listen then. And But uh, I know he's going to hear it in the long term. So I'll, I'll, I'll err on that side if that's okay. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, it's funny, I, you know, I think, you know, we're talking about, you know, running a couple of funeral homes, you know, I, I, one of the things that I want to be able to do when I, when I do, when I am in a place where I'm about to go up and meet my heavenly father, I want to be able to leave this place knowing that I have no regrets, that I left it all out on the floor, all out on the table for everyone to know and see and love. Uh, and so I want to be able to say, I have no regrets living my life. And that's the way I serve each and every day of my life. I try to become the next best version of myself each and every day. And I hope I, you know, as a parent, I'm hope I'm hoping I'm teaching my boys that even now as adults, I'm still trying to teach them these things. So these principles. So yeah, it's uh, huge. huge. And I, it's Brian, the biggest thing in, in that is to teach them that failure is okay. And to teach them that failure means you're trying, right? And I think, I don't know when, you know, you grew up uh, probably in the same era that I did. And it was a little bit like, oh, failure is kind of, you know, our dad stayed in the same job for their lifetimes and failure, oh, you know, it, no, no, no. I'm the opposite. I'm saying, get out of bed, try something. If it don't work, learn from it. Don't be an idiot and go back and do the same thing over and over. Learn from it, take a step and move and do it differently this time. And I really preach that when in life, in business, look at, we're not perfect. <laughs> Everyone, we are not perfect. There is no human that is perfect. So try and just keep doing. And, and I love your philosophy, right? Try to be the best version of myself today. And tomorrow I'm going to try to be a little bit better. That's, what more could you ask? Yep, exactly. Now, if I you you got now you have three boys. I got two boys, so um, uh, I'm, I've got one less than you. But uh, you know, one thing that I try to encourage my dads, and I'm going to ask you this question because uh, it's I feel it's a really important question. I I try to encourage my dads to ask this question frequently uh, as you know our kids get older. You know their characteristics, their behaviors change, and uh, so I want you to consider this. When I the question that I'm going to ask you. What 
if I were to ask your boys, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope that they would say about you? And before you answer that, I want you to make sure you think about asking that question to your kids. What would you guys say about me as a dad? And that's a question that you can ask them as they grow, as they get older, uh, yeah. because things, things may change and they'll teach you something because kids are brutally honest. They're going to be yes, honest with you. Are. Yes, they are. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, you ask that child at 10 years old and you ask them at 14 years old, that answer is going to be markedly different depending on the day. You know, my wife sent me a great meme. Uh, it was uh, someone in a, a coat of armor and it said a parent trying to talk to their 14 year old. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it's very true. I, if I would ask my, what I would hope my children say would be like, he loves me and I know it. Like that would be the ultimate. Um, but I think if you ask them today, they'd probably say he's crazy or he's a lunatic because yeah, I'm a constant motion and um, I'm trying to be funny and I try to be, I'm not like that, you know, I don't think I'm the quintessential dad that's kind of always like, Oh, go clean your room or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm really one of their buddies and I, that's not always great. Um, but I, I would just say right now, they'd probably say he's a lunatic, but I do know he loves me and I know they know that that's where I want to end my days. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting that you say that you're their buddy. It's a, in my opinion, this is just my own personal opinion. I'm not a professional. I would like to consider myself a professional dad. But, uh, when I think about that, I think about, um, I believe that it's okay to be your kid's friends. I, I believe that it's okay to be your son's buddy. I, I'm, I believe that I am my, my two boys, you know, best friend. And the reason I say that is because we rely a lot on our friends. We trust the things that our friends tell us and having the relationship as a friend with your child is okay. As long as there's understandably, there's boundaries that they respect and that you respect of them. You have to provide each other respect. Friends provide each other with respect. Right. And so I think it's okay to say that. Well, yeah, very cool. I'm always a little scared to say that because I feel like, uh, you know, a psychologist or a sociologist would say, ah, you know, you're not a friend, you're his parent. And, and I get that. I, I can step back and, and look at, you know, the view of that, but man, I'll tell you what, I always err on the side of I'm in the funeral world and I see tragedy every day. So I want to have fun with them and I want them to have, uh, yes, I, I am stern once in a while. Like I say, Hey, I, I asked you to wash the car. Could you wash the car? You know? Um, but, um, man, I like, I like being their friends too. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imperfect, Brian. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good, Chris. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. If my listeners wanted to look you up, maybe learn a little bit more about you, uh, What's the best place for them to do that? And then what do you got going on right now that you're looking forward to? Well, best place to do it is uh, chrismeyerauthor.com. I have uh, three books. My third book is coming out in September. It's called Four Months in a Lifetime. And it's about me coaching uh, my middle son and his friends who were all 100% into uh, basketball. I coached them from kindergarten to their eighth grade. And it was a wonderful, life-changing experience for me. So I wanted to document that. But yeah, uh, available on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, anywhere out there. But uh, I would love love you to enjoy the book. And I know uh, Angela just sent you one, Brian. So I hope you get to read it and uh, share your thoughts with me. Awesome. Well, listen, I, yes, she did. And I appreciate that. Um, I just want to say thank you very much for uh, the things that you're doing. Uh, the, the role model that you are for your sons, you certainly represent the dad up tribe very well. 
and I appreciate it. And I look forward to our continued friendship, brother. Really. Yeah, I do too. And and keep up the good work because man, I, I, I see what you're doing. I've listened to a couple of them already. And, uh, you know, uh, us men need to be vulnerable and not have the world, the weight of the world on our shoulders all the time. Uh, I think it's a, a much happier place to be. Exactly. Well, thank you again, Chris. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Dad Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast.